This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who knows the health care coverage game plan. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. With Amy Wells and Coach Dave McGinnis, and later to be joined by Rhett Bryan, I'm Mike Keith. We welcome the OT people to Jackson, Tennessee. Amy, welcome to Hub City Brewery. Mike Keith, this place is cool. There is all kinds of stuff going on here. I mean, I'm looking at a bowling alley, a full bar. There's brewing behind me. What more could you want? Serious beer here. There is serious beer here. Not great for a pregnant lady, but great if you're ready to have but a if big you're, time. if you're literally anyone else, if this is the place you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> it smells good. It does smell good. And we are thrilled to be bringing... The OTP to West Tennessee to one of my favorite places in the world, Jackson, Tennessee. And as we're at Hub City Brewing, we welcome Kyle Spurgeon, the president and CEO of the Jackson Chamber, and a longtime friend of the program. You have done so much for the Tennessee Titans over the years. Thank you for having us down. Thank you guys, all of you, for being back. I mean, this is an exciting day in this different format for us here. Glad you brought it back to Jackson. So that just that tells us hopefully we did something right before. So welcome back. Well, when you said, let's do Hub City Brewing again, I was like, absolutely, because we did a chamber event here also with Titan season ticket members in the area, of which there were a bunch. And it was a fantastic event, and it's, it's wonderful to be back. When I mentioned that to you, you immediately said, yeah, let's do it there. So this, <laughs> this place kind of sells itself, and everyone here today, like you mentioned, playing cornhole, there's beer back here, and it's just such a great place, an asset for Jackson. A lot of great things have been going on in Jackson in recent years, and of course, with the announcement about the big plant in Stanton, Tennessee, which is not very far from here, a lot of ripples all over West Tennessee, a lot of excitement all over West Tennessee, and certainly ripples all the way to Jackson. Yeah, our chamber, uh, life changed September 28th last year when Blue Oval City was announced. That project changes West Tennessee. It's a $5.6 billion project, 5,700 new jobs, and by 2030, over 15,000 jobs. What we're doing now is getting ready for all that growth. And one of the things you have to think about, not all growth is great. So what we're positioning ourselves for here in Jackson is to attract the very best growth that we can. Our trajectory is more like a Murfreesboro. So we should look up 10 years from now and see Jackson with a lot of the amenities and the growth that has happened in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You've been at this a long time, though. You were one of the driving forces behind the Sportsplex, which brought a lot of baseball and softball all during the spring and summer and fall to Jackson that had never been here before. A lot of people coming to town and staying in hotels and eating in your restaurants. The Sportsplex, also a key for the Titans because you had the idea early on to have the Titans caravan at the Sportsplex, which made it year in, year out, the largest Titans caravan stop on the tour. And it was really remarkable what led you to host it at the Sportsplex, and why do you think it worked so well for all those years? I think it was just getting to know you and what, you, what the goals were. This is what we want to accomplish. And being able to put it at the Sportsplex, that's a 17-field baseball and softball complex. And with that, there's a lot of amenities. You've got, a, you've got pavilions, you've got an entrance. And for the way that you wanted to set up the caravan, that worked out perfect because people could come in, you set the players up, 
and folks, even in inclement weather, if that happened, if it was raining, they're under the pavilion. So we just thought that would work well, and obviously it did. I think we were successful because we listened to your team. You said, this is what we want to accomplish. That just happened to be the best place. And that event brought so many kids and families. And for some of those kids who were coming 15, 20 years ago, they're grown up now. Imagine it, that. I know, especially your kids, correct? That's it's right. The same kind of thing where now... They are fans of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's how you grow a fan base. And you guys, to me, that's why the Titans have been so successful for, from day one, in that it's not the Nashville Titans. It's the Tennessee Titans. And you sell that, and you've done that up into West Kentucky, Middle Kentucky, down into Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas. And it's because the team has reached out all across the state and made fans feel like, you know, we're a part of this organization. So kudos to everyone involved with the Titans for doing that. Now, you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, I have been told. You've done your research. And I think a lot of people around here are St. Louis That's Cardinals right. fans, Everybody's right? a St. Yeah, Louis Cardinals uh, which, fan. Which, proud of you. But it feels almost like the Tennessee Titans might be the NFL version of the St. Louis Cardinals because there's a regional aspect to it. Probably even more so now, I think, is that because... Obviously, the Cardinals are four hours away. Titans are two hours. Titans have had a lot of success here recently. So you may even think or say that the Titans have surpassed the Cardinals in terms of fan support. So again, uh, this is just a great atmosphere and you've got a, a lot of folks here that love sports. So yes, the Titans are the team for West Tennessee. Are there any Titans super fans that really stand out to you? There are some crazy people. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Some of your friends. Some of my friends. Really? Yeah, yeah. and the uh, Flame Brothers. Yes, Is that, uh, the original the, the Flame Key Brothers. Brothers. Uh -huh. They were some of the first ones. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but yeah, there's some crazy fans that just have a huge time, and they're obviously a lot happier when the Titans are winning. All of us. Yes. All of us. All right, so your job is, really, you're in the business of promoting business for Jackson right. in a lot of ways. You travel all over the country to see the latest and the greatest. You're trying to give Jackson an edge in that way, and you see all of the trends. So let me ask you, as a sports fan and as the present CEO of a big chamber of commerce, when you hear tell that Nashville is looking deeply into building a new football stadium with a retractable roof, what are your reactions to that as a, as a member of a, a chamber of commerce that's very prominent and as a sports fan? First thing, first reaction is get that deal done because <laughs> that changes. Nashville has become one of the most attractive cities in the world, not the country, and that reverberates all throughout the region. You do have folks in West Tennessee and East Tennessee that, man, don't, don't send anything else to Nashville. I don't believe that at all. Nashville needs to grow as much as possible because it benefits all of us. Nashville has reached this point with a certain type of events that it can draw and the concerts and the sporting of everything else. But when you build a retractable stadium, a stadium with a retractable roof, obviously Super Bowl, Final Four, everything else that can come with that, that is another level. And it doesn't just benefit Nashville. It benefits this entire state and this entire region. So yeah, from here and from the Jackson perspective, from a guy that runs a chamber, we do hope you're successful. And personally, yeah, I want to go to a Final Four. I want to go to another Super <laughs> there you Bowl go. and see that. So, yes. So, good luck. It seems like he's got it down, Coach. He's perfectly got it down. You need to say that again and again and again. Good. I've been in on two stadium builds in my NFL coaching career, and we need people like you. 
Well, thank you. I will preach that message anywhere. Because when a sports team is successful, and when they have a venue that is what, like the Titans are looking to build, it benefits everyone. And again, it's, I don't want people to think it is just a benefit for Nashville. It is a benefit for not only all of Tennessee, but the entire region of this part of the country. Well, we thank you. This is such a special place to me because the support we've had here from day one. The first big stop ever for the Oilers was in Jackson. Casey Jones Village. Casey Jones Village. They, took, they brought the whole team here when they moved to Memphis in 1997. The caravan stops that we talk about. I mean, we would have close to 1,000 people at the sportsplex, and we would have to allot so much to be able to, you know, extra time. And it was, a, it was a totally different, you know, Thomas Media helped promote it, JEA helped promote it, the Chamber helped promote it, everybody was in on it. And it got to the point where it was so big that we didn't do a lot of public stops at other places in West Tennessee because people could more conveniently come here and we could spend an extra 30 minutes or an hour here and we would go to schools in those other areas, which benefited us in, in great ways. So thank you, publicly, privately, you know how I feel, and uh, you are a big part of our success here. Old Southwest Conference guy sitting next to me knows what a friend of the program means. We mean yeah. that in the very best well, way. Well, and likewise, because you know the friendship that we've developed, you and I personally, and then other folks within the organization, it benefits all of us, because a Jackson is going to prosper more when the Titans in their organization prosper. It's not just about wins on the field, it's about wins everywhere else through the business organization, part of the Titans. So any way we can ever help with that, our community will do that. We appreciate wins on the field too. Yes, Yes, we all do. Kyle Spurgeon, thank thank you you so much. I'm going to bring Rhett Bryan in, the ever-reliable Rhett Bryan from Titans Radio will join us as we say goodbye to Kyle Spurgeon, the present CEO of the Jackson Chamber. As we wait on Young Mr. Brian, to sit down, we review the OTP at Tennessee Tech. A, I got my picture made with Awesome Eagle, which was awesome. Gosh, you love these pictures with all of these other mascots. I mean, we've got T-Rack right here. I get my picture made with T-Rack, too. I enjoy that. (laughs) The godfather of Titans Radio, Larry Stone, was a fabulous guest. We reviewed 19 edge rushers and 12 interior defensive linemen from the Coach Mac 150. Coach Mack and Rhett Bryan both believe that five edge rushers will be first-round picks. Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, George Karloftis, Jermaine Johnson, and Trevon Walker. Coach Mack and Rhett also both believe that Trevon Walker could be Jacksonville's pick at number one overall if they like Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. Coach Mack is a big fan of Western Kentucky edge D'Angelo Malone as a sleeper to watch. Rhett says that Cam Thomas of San Diego State would be his sleeper. Neither Coach Mack nor Rhett Bryan would be surprised if the Titans took an edge rusher at number 26. That's because both believe there are elite edge rushers in this draft. On the defensive line, the standouts are two Georgia Bulldogs, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. Coach Mack expects both to go in the first round. Logan Hall of Houston is another player that Coach Mack likes as he is a versatile chess piece in the defensive line, especially on passing downs. Oklahoma's Perion Winfrey was MVP of the Senior Bowl. Coach Mack likes his motor and his fire. Overall, a solid, if unspectacular, 
interior defensive line crew with several guys who can help. So that's a review of yesterday. Do I miss anything about our visit to Tennessee Tech? You never miss anything, Mike Keith. You are spot on. And when we go back and review that, what you're really going to see, and what we're going to see during the draft is there are legitimate players on the edge and in the interior of the defensive line they are going to make a difference in teams in the first year. Right. Now, before we delve into the cornerbacks and the safety prospects from the Coach Mack 150, let's talk some Titans-related news. First, tight end Anthony Ferkser has departed for Atlanta. This is not a surprise, is it, Coach? No, it's not a surprise at all. Arthur Smith really, I mean, his, his roster is not good. It wasn't good when he got the job. He's trying to build it up. He knows these guys that, that, that he has brought in. You know, he's got Dean Pease down there. He just got Rashawn Evans. Now he's got Anthony Ferkser. Dean Pease knew Rashawn Evans. Arthur knows Ferkser, knows how he practices, knows how he prepares. So he's getting people that he knows, and so then he can get his scouting group to start to build up around guys that play ball like he wants to play ball. And it's not a surprise because of those things, the familiarity. You know, the, the devil you know, as they say. And, you know, we've seen it in teams all over the place. And think about this. Since Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have been together, there have been former Patriots that have come onto the roster, like Malcolm Butler. There's Zach Cunningham here right now at linebacker, who's a former Houston Texan that Mike Vrabel knew when he was there as defensive coordinator. It's, it's not uncommon. And to Coach Mack's point, you know, the, the cupboard wasn't very full when Arthur Smith got that job a year ago. I guess the other point that I'm making, too, about why it's not a surprise, Amy, is Ferkser had a chance to take a bigger role in the Titans' offense last year, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it. Yeah, it just didn't pan out in his 2021 season. It didn't turn out the way that the Titans wanted it to, the way that I'm sure he wanted it to. And so it's time for him to get a fresh start somewhere else and get a fresh start with Arthur Smith, who's his former position coach, his former coordinator, I mean, someone he's very familiar with, that's a good opportunity for him to get a change of scenery and hopefully have more success there. Yeah, the feeling was that it had run its course, yeah. that he had done all he could here, and that in terms of where they wanted to go, they got Austin Hooper, mm -hmm. they bring Jeff Swain back. Correct. And Coach Mack, I think it's safe to say the most likely possibility now with Anthony Ferkser being an Atlanta Falcon is the Titans are also going to draft a tight end. They'll be in the tight end market in this draft. You're correct. All right. The legendary Jim Wyatt posted his look <laughs> at the Titans first round selection in 30 different mock drafts. He goes through and does it every week. I love it that he does that. I, you know, I love the mock draft. It's one-stop shopping. It's one-stop yeah, shopping. TennesseeTitans.com. Yes, yeah. if you're a Titans fan, you don't have to read anything else. Well, because that's, that's what you do anyway. You look at every mock draft. I do. You scroll down to 26, and then you go, okay, and you throw it away. Like, Jim Wyatt does all the legwork for you. He does. And you he does are it welcome. TennesseeTitans.com, at Sports on Twitter. So he looked at 30 different mocks. The top two mocked players to the Titans, and I'm not saying the top two made fun of players of the Titans. The top two <laughs> mocked players to the Titans with three votes apiece, Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith and Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean. So out of 30, three of them picked Nicobe Dean to the Titans and three of them said Tyler Smith. Okay. Any reaction to either of those? Both ball players. Both ball players. Both ball players that will play a lot in their first year in the National Football League, wherever they go. Both good players. Multiple players were selected in two mocks to go to the Titans. Here's that list. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Pinnig, 
Central Michigan offensive tackle Bernhard Ryman, Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd, Texas A&M guard Kenyon Green. Any reaction to any of those names? Any surprises? Anything jump out to you? Go ahead, Amy. Well, I I mean, it's kind of all over the road here. It's very much all over the road. I I mean, just looking at this list, there's not a lot of rhyme or reason. It's just who they think is going to be there, which I think is great. I think the Kenny Pickett thing is interesting because there, there is a section of the media that covers the draft that firmly believes that Kenny Pickett is going to fall, that it's going to be Malik Willis who rises as the quarterback, and that it's going to be Kenny Pickett who falls. And then there is a more massive section of the media who covers the draft who thinks Kenny Pickett is going number six to Carolina. Well, if you think Kenny Pickett's going to fall, if you're looking at it realistically, then, then you have to believe that Matt Corral is rising. I mean, that's going to be something that, that will be interesting that we will have on draft night just watching. Of course, you know, it's, it's dealer's choice once you get to the draft. Maybe but, even Desmond Ritter rising. The, correct. I mean, yeah. draft boards, you know, for everybody that's listening so that you know, because draft boards look different all over the league. They're, they look completely different all over the league. That's why you get these huge discrepancies. A lot of, weren't most of these picks made by people that were either covering the teams or, or with the teams? Correct. Most, most of them. And so that's why this. Well, thing, they cover it, the teams. Yeah. yeah. So that's why this varies. It varies a lot. I mean, no doubt. All right. Here are the other players who were mocked to the Titans this week. Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. Ding. <laughs> Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Iowa State running back Brees Hall. North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell, Florida State outside linebacker Jermaine Johnson, Boston College center guard Zion Johnson, Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum, Michigan outside linebacker David Ajabo, Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave, North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson, Liberty quarterback Malik Willis, Georgia defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt. All right, surprises interesting things that you take from any of those names? What I see in mocks in this case is a lot of targeted guesses at needs. Offensive line, I understand that. Wide receiver, I understand that. You see a lot of different examples. And then you just got the wild card outliers who are looking to get clickbait, I think, on their mock drafts by saying they're going to take a a linebacker. Peter Schrager did that of Good Morning Football and NFL Network last week and had N'Kobe Dean at 26 and you know, Titans Twitter went on fire. It's like, you know, whoa, what are we doing? Why are we taking a, a linebacker? Well, when you look at this, you know, clearly most of these people that are listed won't be there at 26. Right. Let's just say that. But when you look at it as far as ability to play the game early, which is what you would like to do with a pick there, all of them, absolutely, except for the quarterbacks. Except for the quarterbacks, any of these people that are listed here, the one outlier that I see, Mike, you know, there that, that is starting to rise too, we, we talk about risers in, 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 in these drafts, is uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. This guy has been continually rising since the season has been over throughout the combine and then through this process. Yeah, I, uh, it seems to me that people don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to happen. And I think that to Red's point, it's 100% true that they're playing to a lot of the Titans' needs. 
and kind of looking to see who goes where and all of that. You know, it's a big puzzle that everybody's just trying to put together, and no one's ever going to be right. I mean, it, they're mock drafts. That's, it, it's, it's a game. It's for fun. But I do think that it's interesting, some of the quarterbacks that have snuck in there, I think that's interesting. I think some of the defensive players that have snuck in there are also interesting to me. I think... Rhett might be onto something with people trying to just stir things up and get a little crazy. I think there's some of that, but you also wonder, too, if, if there is a sense that what John Robinson may do at 26 is just say, this player is so good, I can't pass him up. Well, that's 100% true. And, and, and especially when you're sitting now like the Titans are sitting the first pick at 26 and next at 90, that's a pretty good spread. So you've got to decide, you know, how, how you weigh that. How do you weigh that? Who will be available at 90 that, that can make up a difference? And who can I not afford to pass up at a 26? And then do I have somebody that wants to come up to 26 for whatever reason? Doesn't matter if it's a reason that you've thought about. If they want to come up, is it worth me moving back off of a player I could possibly get there at 26? I think that's an interesting point, and there are some mocks that are already starting to play the Titans as that team that may drop back. A couple of different scenarios, maybe them flipping back to 32 with Detroit, taking Detroit's 66th pick, and then being able to pick at 32, 66, and 90. Those sorts of examples are out there right now. And hypothetically, maybe Detroit in that spot, flipping back up and moving up to 26, maybe they, if Kenny Pickett's sitting there, they want Kenny Pickett. Because Jared Goff, they may not figure, is their long-term guy. Right. Well, I mean, there's some speculation that I think is really fascinating, and it's being done right now by some very normally informed reporters who are saying, Detroit might take Malik Willis at two because they just think he's so good and they know with Jared Goff they can sit him for a whole year and that he becomes their future superstar that takes them to the next level due to the fact that they don't think they're probably going to win anything this year anyway. Brad Holmes is their general manager. I was with Brad at the Rams for a lot of years you know, in the personnel department. That thinking is not foreign to him. Absolutely. And plus, they are still, let's be honest, they're still on their honeymoon period with Dan Campbell there as far as Detroit. Detroit was not good. They were not good. They were not good this year. They were not good before Dan Campbell got the job. That's normally how you get jobs in the league. The team's not good, and so they want to make a change. And so this possibly could happen. If you're John Robinson and they are 30 mocks, Coach Mack, and they have you taking 20 different guys, even though you don't care about the mocks, you got to like the fact that nobody has a bead on what you're thinking. No, no, I like your angle on that, Mike Keith. You're right. I don't like the mocks. I coached for 31 years. I never looked at one. <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't matter. None of these guys that mock this, their jobs and mortgages don't depend on their picks. People that are picking, your jobs and your mortgage depends on it. Okay? But to your point... Because that, what that tells you is out there now in the Ethernet, nobody knows. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. Last year we did a mock draft on the OTP leading up to the draft. It's fun. Outside of that, the only person he does mock drafts with at all, this guy. That's it. And you're and, that guy. And, and the thing is, I, I, I just like to have fun with it. He's like, all right, let's, let's, what, what do we have for a trade here? What, all right, let's, what do we have player-wise? What's in this pod? And we play, you know, he hates it, but I'm the only one that he will oblige. I will say this. I trust Rhett more with a mock draft than I do any of these that put this on these sheets. That's fair. 
There you go. And that's Coach Mack for you. So let's pivot now. Speaking of Coach Mack and things he does not enjoy or things he does enjoy. We made him pick 150 players, which I hope he kind of enjoyed. I enjoy that. All right. So we've got 17 corners here, and I would like to list them off. Is that okay with you? Oh, yes. All right. So your 17 corners on the Coach Mac 150, Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, Andrew Booth from Clemson, Kair Elam from Florida, Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, Trent McDuffie from Washington, Kyler Gordon from Washington, Roger McCreary from Auburn, Jalen Armour Davis from Alabama, Marcus Jones from Houston, Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati, Tariq Woolen from San Antonio, Martin Emerson from Mississippi State, Josh Job from Alabama, Darion Kendrick from Georgia, Caleb Evans from Missouri, Alante Taylor from Tennessee, Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State, Coach Mack. How is this class of corners as an entire group? Large and in in numbers-wise oh. and good <laughs> and, here, and fast. This was the fastest combine with wide receivers and, and defensive backs in the history of the National Football League combine. I've been to every one of them. This was the fastest group. This is a nice group. You're going to be able to find players in this group, Amy, that will be able to help your football team in some phase, whether it be on the edge, it be in the slot, or whether it be on special teams as a gunner as they work their way into the, into the lineup through the fifth round. So Sauce Gardner has the definitive coolest nickname in this draft this year. Rhett Bryan, is he also the definitive number one best corner in this draft this year? He is. He'll be the first one taken off the board. And it's the measurements because he's a long corner, and it's the production. So he's just over 6'2 and a half, 190. They're get an 80-inch wingspan, so he's a long corner, 4'4", in the 40. And production is there. Only missed one game in three seasons, 37 games total, only – about three targets per game in, in 2021, did not give up a 20-plus yard reception, 27 career pass breakups, nine career interceptions. That's the kind of guy you want. Now, he didn't see a lot of you know, targets his way because they knew that was going to be a problem. And uh, I think he's a guy that you can get into a lineup and make a difference in a secondary. All right, Max, so who's the number two corner? Trent McDuffie from Washington. Okay. I mean, now this guy is a different build than Sauce is. He's not a long corner. He's 5'10", 6", 193, which means he's just a hair under 5'11", but he's got exceptional athletic ability. Uh, a 38-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. The reason we always talk about vertical jump, especially in the skill sets, it's explosion. It's quick movement. You know, it's ability to move really fast in a short area a long way. 38-and-a-half is incredible. 10-8 standing broad jump. That's what you want. Runs a 4-4-4, but his athletic traits are off the charts as far as being sticky on receivers. He's sticky. He can, he can mirror match really, really easily. He's a smart player. He's technique savvy, too. You know, coming out of Washington and that defensive set that they run up there, really, when you watch him, you're seeing a really technique-tight player, which is nice. Let's uh, hit both of you guys with this. Rhett first. Is Derek Stingley the wild card at cornerback after his excellent pro day at LSU. Yeah, because you're, you're longing for or lacking a lot of film and production. Only 10 games played in the last two seasons at LSU. But you're right. He goes to his pro day and blows it up. He's a shade over 6 feet, 190 pounds, 4-4-4 in the 40-yard dash, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, 
broad jump at over 10, and a three-cone drill sub seven seconds. So the short area quickness is there. It's the lack of production because of the injuries that kept him off the field. That's 100% right. If you were taking him off of his freshman year, he'd be number one right out right from jump. He has not been able to match that first-year production at LSU, but the cover ability and the athletic ability is still there. I think all of us that, that evaluate players in the league were wondering how he was going to do at that pro day. I think that pro day answered some at least physical questions. So I think he's still very much in the mix. Now, Mac, Marcus Jones out of Houston is someone that people are starting to talk a lot about. Do you think it's because of his corner play or is it because of his abilities as a returner? But Amy, I like the way you study this too. And I'm serious, you know, because look, this, this, this is a corner that is a, is a good corner but is a great returner. But he's got enough athletic ability. He won't play to me. He won't play outside corner. Whoever, wherever he goes, he will return kicks and punts wherever he goes. But he will immediately move into a slot defensive back. And he's got enough athletic ability to do that. So you're, you're 100% right. But the thing that draws you back into him is, is not the fact that he's going to be a, a, a perimeter corner. He'll be a slot, but he'll be returning kicks and punts for you from day one. And this guy is not a big corner. He's 5'8". That's what he measured at at the combine. But he's scrappy. 18 pass breakups and five interceptions last season and an NCAA tying record of nine returns for touchdowns. Six on kickoff, three on punt. Core special teamer can help you in the secondary. Who else do you like at corner? Tariq Woolen from San Antonio. Now a little bit more of a developmental cornerback. But I like this guy because he is big, 6'3", almost 6'4", and he's converted wide receiver. A blazing 4'2", 6'40", at the combine, and an explosive 42-inch vertical leap at almost 6'4", inches tall. He needs work, but if you can get him, that's a guy. Here's my guy. You know I'm going to pick a guy from Texas, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Texan. Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State. Zion McCollum is my guy. I think I'm looking at him in the third or fourth round. You know, he's 6021, 199, 433, 40. I mean, that's not fast. That's fast, fast. All right. Now, he needs a lot of technique work, but you've got so much to build with with him. Zion McCollum is my guy. So, who do you think among the corners is going to be a great draft value? Mac, I'll start with you, unless you don't want me. To. No, no, no. I want you to start. <laughs> I, I want you to start with me because I, I, I like, I like the, I like. I think that the other corner at Washington, Kyler Gordon, is going to be a really good value pick. Amy, you know I always like you asking me questions. I know you do. That's why we have a podcast together. But that's why your name's first on the podcast. The because, Titans, Amy, Coach Mac. Yes, because you're in charge of everything. But Kyler Gordon is a guy I like. 5'11", 194, doesn't have – I mean, you're not talking about elite speed, but he's a really sticky, good, really savvy corner. I like that guy. Brett? Kyir Elam from Florida. And the reason I say this, he has the size. He's a shade over six feet. The strength and physicality, the athleticism is there. 43940, not too slow. 37 and a half inch vertical leap, but he played against Southeastern Conference competition for three years at Florida. Like that. Speaking of an SEC corner, Alante Taylor from Tennessee is making visits to various team complexes as his stock seems to be rising after he ran in the four three sixes. Coach Mack, what do teams like about the native of Coffee County, Alante Taylor? A lot of people ask me about him when I was at the combine. You know, I sit with the position coaches during the the, the drills that they have up there. People are thinking that he may be a safety, Mike. 
And they're, and they're talking about he's 199 pounds. They like his length. They also like that, you know, that he's able to come downhill and tackle. He played corner, but they're not sure he's a man-match corner all the time in this league. But they think that you bring this guy in there, start training him at safety. They think he's an immediate gunner on your special teams, which is huge. That is really, really big. So I think a lot of teams are leaning towards him and why he is rising because of his, his ability to be able to be versatile and play safety also. I like, I like his game, and I think it'll be better in this league. This is the OTP Live Tour, sponsored by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Better rates, better coverage, and better service. That's why Tennesseans have been relying on Farm Bureau Health Plans for their health coverage for 75 years. We're in Jackson, Tennessee, on the road with the OTP at Hub City Brewing, enjoying a, a great afternoon talking football, doing the OTP with the OT people at a great location, again, Hub City Brewing. It absolutely is a great location. Let's talk about some safety, shall we? Because there are nine on the Coach Mac 150 here. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, Lewisine from Georgia, Dax Hill from Michigan, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, Jalen Petrie from Baylor, Brian Cook from Cincinnati, Rome McKinley from Oregon, Tyson Anderson from Toledo, and JT Woods from Baylor. Of all the attention, that is on Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame. Mac. Yes. Tell me a little bit about him. Flip to your notebook to his page. Got him. And tell me about Kyle Hamilton because we hear so much about him. 6041, 220 pounds. This is a very, very versatile player. This is a guy that you're going to be able to use in a lot of different ways. A creative defensive coordinator will be able to take him and match him. I think he's going to be a nice man match on tight ends. We know how much, you know, uh, uh, personnel in this league is one or two tight ends that are used as receivers. You can drop him down and match him. You can also drop him down and play him in the run game. His speed, straight ahead speed, just moving his hips and stuff, you're not going to put him out there on a corner. You're not going to isolate him on an island, but he's got great lap ability. And what I talk about lap ability is it a safety plane in the middle of the field, being able to, to get directional delivery keys off the quarterback. He can cover a, a long space of ground because of his instincts. This guy, he's going to go early in the draft. I don't think he's going to go as early as I've seen him, you know, early on, you know, in, in the top five. I'm not sure that he does. If he does, it wouldn't shock me, but he's going to go in the first round. He's a very, very versatile player. Plus, he's really, really intelligent football player. That's what you're going to get. So what it sounds like you're saying is that his slow-ish 40 times during kind of this pre-draft process – doesn't really bother you? That's not going to bother you if you go through and, and, and like all of his other traits. And also this, Amy, if you look at him and say, I know exactly how I want to use him. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're a defensive coach and the head coach comes in and says, if we take Kyle Hamilton, Amy, how are you going to use him? And you go bullet point one, two, three, four, five. Here's how I can use him. Here's how we can use him against the people we're playing against. That's what you'll do. Lewis Seen and Daxell are both outstanding safety prospects. They two prospects who can produce big return on investment, Rhett Bryan? Absolutely. Dax Hill is probably the next safety on the board, in my opinion, just because of, you know, he, he just is uh, physical. He has uh, a lot of toughness. He has a good football IQ, for one. Talking about a guy, another one that's a long guy. He's over six feet, but his wingspan is almost 80 inches. Speed is there at four 3.8 in the 40, and he has all the explosive measurements. Had a three-cone drill of six and a half seconds, just a little over that. I think that's a guy that can certainly help you out 
His uh, older brother is Justice Hill, the running back for the Baltimore Ravens. So he's had somebody to, to lean on to get through this process before he gets drafted here in a couple of weekends. And Lewis Seen, that, that's a guy that is a very interesting prospect. He well, grew up in Haiti. He was a soccer player and was a track guy later on, tried football. That's another guy that is not slow, 4.37 in the 40 and over 11-foot broad jump. So there's, there's some skill set right there. And, you know, he learned under a Hall of Famer. He, he had some time with Deion Sanders when he was in high school, when Deion was an assistant at uh, Trinity Christian. So, yeah, those two guys I think would be the next two off the board after Kyle Hamilton. I agree with that. I think Dax Hill is the next guy off the board because I think you can do more things with him. I like Lewis. Lewis Seen really plays the game fast, and he's a violent player. And so both of these guys, they're going to be really good contributing. They'll be taken on the, you know, on the, in the second round. They'll be taken in the, in the second day. Dax Hill's got a chance to be taken in the first round. And so to me, uh, both of those guys are going to contribute early, Mike. Jalen Petrie is not the biggest safety, but I was really impressed with him at the Senior Bowl. Coach Mack, where do you think he fits in an NFL defense? He'll play in your big nickel is what he'll do. You know, big nickel is, is a defensive package that you use against a two-tight end set that uses those tight ends as receivers quite a bit. I think he'll be able to do that quite a bit. He's got athletic versatility. I'm just looking at my notes here. Very aware. He's extremely, extremely competitive on the tape on a consistent basis. And so I, I think Jalen Petrie, when you, if, you, if you put him on your, on your team and you put him on the field, you will notice him. He will show up where the ball is. He did that at the Senior Bowl. You watched him do that. I mean, this, is, this guy is just falls under the category of football player. He will, again, be a nice scheme-specific addition. Now, there are some that see Brian Cook from Cincinnati as kind of a sleeper amongst the safety group. He's kind of an old-fashioned safety is he what you would describe, Brett, as a thumper? He would be, and he's a tackling machine to go with it. You're talking about a guy that's still 23 years old when it comes time to start his rookie season in the fall, but he has five years of experience. He played two years at Howard, transferred to Cincinnati, and one of just three or four guys to have nearly 100 tackles and 10 pass breakups in 2021. That's a tackling machine for you, and yes, super physical. Needs more consistency in his coverage. I mean, his, his, his run defense, uh, he is an excellent, solid run, run defender. He's very, very physical, excellent size and speed balance. That's what you need. He's, he's one year as a full season starter. So his, his best games are still going to be in front of him. But again, he's got the physical and the athletic traits that as a coach in the National Football League, you love to get a hold of to develop. We are pushing through this Coach Mac 150 like crazy looking at the positions I end this edition of the OTP from the road with a question for each of you, Rhett first, and then Coach Mack second. Rhett, would you be surprised if the Titans selected a cornerback in the first round at number 26? Absolutely not, and I'll tell you why. First of all, a 4-3 defense tends to eat up linebackers and even into the third tier in the secondary, so you're always looking for improvement there. I think your secondary is in pretty good shape. But if you've got a guy sitting there that you cannot refuse, 
that can help you immediately, that would not surprise me to see him take a corner back at 26. You can never have too many corners. You can never have too many corners because you're playing sub-defense most of the time now in the National Football League. One tight three wides is a first down offense now in the National Football League. And all your various packages, I mean, we're at, we're at practice every day, and, and you know, we're not giving away anything here that shouldn't be given away because that's why we, they let us at practice because we don't talk about <laughs> what we see. But they got so many different defensive coverage package groups, you can never have too many cover people. Dave McGinnis, would you be surprised if the Titans selected a safety before day three? A little bit, yes. I think safety's a pretty solid area for us. Safety's a really good area for us right now. I would be a little bit surprised by that unless somebody just, unless somebody has fallen for a reason that they really love, again, cover people. And I'm counting safeties as cover people because as I said, of all the varied packages, yeah, because you, he's right. I mean, you've got Kevin Byard. Amani Hooker came on very nicely as a starter in the year three. You pick up D.J. Moore, who can work in and out of those packages and is a core special teams player that Mike Vrabel knows very well in his time in Houston. And uh, I think at the safety spot, you're good. But, you know, again, you can pick one up down the road somewhere. That's a spot in, in day, late day two, late, uh, you know, early day three, where you might be able to get something. But I think safety's pretty good. Amy, we've covered a lot of ground. What has jumped out to you about this edition of the OTP? There's a lot of confusion over what the Tennessee Titans are going to do. It seems to me that the Titans have a tremendous amount of options when it comes to the 2022 NFL draft. And I think that's how John Robinson likes it. I think you that, think? I think that might be intentional. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm loving going through all of these position groups and the Coach Mac 150 because I love seeing all of the options. I think it just builds excitement for the draft because we don't know what the Titans are going to do. And I think that's awesome. All right. So in the next edition of the OTP from the road, from the Coach Mac 150, the running backs and the inside linebackers. Yes, sir, Mike Keith. Are there surprises in those groups? Well, not really surprises, but there's some interesting matchups. And with Amy asking the great questions that she does, there will be some interesting conversations with that group. All right, good stuff. For our friend Kyle Spurgeon, who is the president and yes. the CEO of the Jackson Chamber, thanking everyone who's here today and, and also thanking Hub City Brewing for having us back out. For Amy Wells, Rhett Bryan, Coach Dave McGinnis, Ashley Farrell, and our entire team, Mike Keith, thanks you for being one of the OT people and listening to the OTP.